guys, it's Melissa. Since we're an independent podcast, your support means the absolute world, whether that's on social media, in a podcast review, or a word of mouth recommendation. If you've been enjoying this podcast and would like to take it a step further, I now have a support feature where you can contribute a one-time donation at whichever price you'd like. Click the link in the episode description to learn more. Thanks, guys. Now enjoy the show. The Sisterhood of the Bottomless Mimosa. Aloha. Uh, mahalo? What is that? <laughs> I don't even know if that's a word. Welcome, guys. Off so hard. This is CJ. This is Melissa. And this is the sisterhood of the bottomless. Mamosa! Wow, yes! Such a cool vibrato. <laughs> Are you on Broadway? Somehow, the microphone did not clip for that. Because it just hates my voice. You can be loud as fuck and it never clips for you. And I sneeze. It's like, your microphone's clipping. Whatever. What fucking ever. Oh my god, I'm dying. Well, welcome back to episode 13. Um, Yes, we are still recording the podcast. I know all of you anti-listeners assumed we would just fizzle off, and we will not. No. We're go- we are not. We will be recording this podcast till the day we die, maybe. <laughs> Somewhere between now and the, and the day we die, we will keep recording. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for those that are still sticking it out with us. Are um, asking you when we're going to stop recording? No, I'm just being a dick. Well, the one but, person did, who I'm not going to name. Who? You're, okay, I'll make, didn't your sister say, like, what is that? Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 my fucking asshole. Well, we can talk shit on my sister, because she doesn't listen to the podcast, so she won't even know what we're talking about her. But yeah, well, my sister, sister last, I think that was last weekend, she was like, so, like, when does that end? Like, so rude. She's like, like, when does the podcast end? Like, it doesn't end. What do you mean? She's like, aren't there, like, seasons and stuff? I'm like, no. There aren't. Spoken like a true Sagittarius. For real. They just say shit. They're like, plant. You're like, oh, God, that hurt. I know. My Sagittarius friend was the last person to make me cry. Like, while we were walking down the street a few months ago after we'd been drinking, because she just said something, like, so roughly that I just, like, started tearing up, which I never do in public. And she was like, oh, my God, like, are you crying? I'm like, yeah, you're super mean. Like, you're what is wrong Well, because they're just, guys? like, they act oblivious to it, too. Yeah, but they're not. That's part of, no. like, yeah, they know what they're doing. We know. We see you out there. But it's fine. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm a Gemini. Like, who am I to talk? We do the exact same thing to people. <laughs> so Your life is broken. Fix it. We're critical as fuck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Basically, it's fine. But also, we're all terrible. Rude. The end. Yeah, so rude. Um, we're still going, guys. It is. It, it's lucky number thirteen. Also, you- I just wanted to make a, a note that before we started recording, our, I checked our international listener count, Ooh. and I just like to give a what's up to our one listener in New Zealand and our two listeners in the hey. Netherlands. Hey guys, what up? Send us an email. Tell us who to cover. 
Yeah. If you guys have like New Zealand or Netherland people that you're like, oh, you need to talk about these women, hit us up, guys. We'll talk about them. Cool. Mimosa um, Sisterhood at gmail.com. Okay. Do you, since we last spoke, you were on your way to Oakland. Did you have anything you wanted to share about that trip? Um, well, I had the best time ever. Um, also, the like, just wanted to shout this out because it was the most exciting part of the trip for me. On our way home from Oakland, we were like, we're hungry. Like, where are we going to eat? And then all of a sudden, this light bulb went off in my head, and I was like, Nations. Ooh. So Do you not fucked. have Nations in SoCal? No. Oh, I didn't know that. That's just a Bay Area thing. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. And so I was like, yes. And we went to Nations, and it wasn't three in the morning. It was actually 11 o'clock in the morning. And we got the most <laughs> bomb fucking breakfast we actually went to the nations in san leandro when we're like on our way back off the freeway Mm -hmm. and literally it was just all of my life came back to me yes did i uh ever tell you about the time i got in a fight at a nations you never told me it but i have seen it listed on our polls (laughs) that we have (laughs) should i tell it yeah uh it was my 23rd birthday party it was like a week before I turned 23 because I was going to be out of town. And I was ham bonied beyond all belief. And I sat down and there were these girls to the left of me who were probably from Walnut Creek, California. And Google it if you don't know what that means. And they were, I don't know if they were rude or if I was just drunk and decided to start talking shit to them. But I started talking shit to them for some reason. And one of them like had a diamond ring on her finger And she turned it around and smacked me right in the forehead with it. (laughs) Which, like, in retrospect is really smart. And I immediately, like, fell backwards and, like, kicked their table, like, to the ground. Like, upended milkshakes, like, french fries (laughs) flying everywhere. And then it was just, like, me and, like, four girls on the ground fighting each other. And then out of nowhere, this is in Concord, California, so it was, like, all white people. Out of nowhere, these two black women come in and, like, save my ass. Like, I was three to one, and they just, like, hopped in to balance it out and started beating the shit out of those girls. And I never got their names. I never saw them again. They just, like, came in, helped a sister out, and then dipped. Okay, wait, (laughs) were you at Nations by yourself? No, I was there with a group of friends. But they were, like, all of this happened. It was a fight. Like, all of it happened in the span of like 12 seconds you know what i mean like it happened so fast um and then they called the cops on us and they kicked me out my god this is a different me you guys sort of i mean kind of i mean but also these are just the types of things that occur at nations that's what happens at nations at 3 a.m like Like, i was literally just telling zach the nation story when we went to nations where i used to work at jamba juice in the daily city shopping center and there was a nations right there and me being me would show up to my shifts like still blacked out from the night before and Mm -hmm. so me and my old roommate kelsey we would both be working at the same time at jamba juice and we would do like we would do like um asshole shifts where like she'd run the floor and i'd go run across the street on the clock to nations and like get us breakfast and then I'd bring it back to Jamba Juice and we would eat it in the back and then we do nap breaks using the like you know like the foam banana costume that like like 
Jamba Juice people sometimes wear out front to like get people to come in. That existed. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that. <laughs> we would lay it on the ground and one of us would take a nap on the banana while the other person like maintained <laughs> the floor and then we'd switch. Wow, you guys had a really good system down. We really did. I also used to conduct booby traps so that when, like, this douchebag Tim that would, like, come in for the afternoon shift, when he'd walk into the back, I'd have, like, a whole booby trap concocted so that when he'd enter the door, all this ice would fall on him and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We basically didn't work and just fucked around. Dude, it's drama juice. It's not a jab. Like, you just do that, you know? You do that because you're 19 or whatever. You have to do something. We would also spike the smoothies with alcohol and drink and work. Hell yeah. How how fun. Good times. You're you're one of the best cheaters I've ever known. (laughs) You really, like, how well, like, how well you cheat at things is, like, you probably could have just done the task just as well, but... You make it an art form, and I really respect that I do. That about you. Well, because I get bored, and it's like, yeah, let's have more fun. Yeah, there's yeah, there's a bit there's a bit of a Gemini trickster in you. There totally of, is. There is. Okay. Cool. All right, nations. If you want to sponsor this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> nations. Also, I forgot that they have an entire pie section. Oh, girl. I've never had one because I'm, like, drunk when I go there, but they look so good. They looked so good. I was like, let's take back, like, five pies. Did you guys get but- a pie? No, we didn't. Oh, okay. That's fine. But I want to. If y'all have had nations, nations, send us a pie. <laughs> Mail us pies. <laughs> we'll review them on our podcast. Yeah. Should we? So- I- what sorry nothing i was gonna go into the wine review unless you had something i was just gonna say should we let listeners know that literally every episode we record we are in bras only (laughs) yes Yes. every single there is not a single episode i think that we have filmed or we have recorded where we're wearing shirts Not a single one. And it's, like, not coordinated. It's just, like, we get the FaceTime, and then it, like, goes, whoa, and there we both are in bras. And it's just fucking hysterical. Um, But you know what? It's literally 80 degrees in my apartment, and I can't keep any of the windows open or the door, and I can't have my air conditioner on because it's too loud. So, like, you're lucky I'm not just fucking naked. Honestly, it's not even that hot in here, but I know that at some point when I get drunk enough in this episode, which, by the way, guys, back by popular demand, I am drinking again in this episode for those of you who missed it. She's back, baby. She's back. But uh, I know at some point I'm just going to get hot and then it's going to be too much work to take my headphones off, to take my shirt off. So fuck it. Um, Also, I just wanted to show you my tits all the time. Well, next week, I'm going to uh, log on to FaceTime with just nipple tassels. (laughs) Please, God. Wait, do you own nipple? You know what? Don't worry about it. All right, guys. We will report. I will report back next week and let you know if this Uh, do you wait you do the wine review first because i haven't read my label yet okay so to kick off the wine review or the alcohol review so today we are recording on a different day and much earlier than we normally do because i have to go to a wedding tonight and so um it is 
well, it was 1 o'clock p.m. when I started drinking, um, which obviously, like, I can't go too hard because it's 1 o'clock in the afternoon and I can't black out before the wedding, which is at 6 p.m. So I am drinking coffee that is spiked with my all-time favorite beverage, Bailey's. Ooh, yes, darling. Um, which Bailey's is something that I drink religiously through the months of October to about February. Mm-hmm. So it's on like Donkey Kong because it's I October like 6th and it's I happening. feel like, yeah, I feel like you've done this before on the podcast. You've had Bailey's yeah. before. It's because we started the podcast in, well, February. Holy shit. Oh my god, we've been recording since February. That was so long ago. Right? That is so weird. Well, it's because we didn't launch until June, but we had been pre-recording for months prior to launch. Right. Oh my god. That's weird. It is weird, huh? Yeah. Okay. So so yeah, when we started the podcast, I was going hard and heavy on the Baileys because it was the end of my Bailey season. And now we made it full circle and I'm back. Bailey's to Bailey's, <laughs> ashes to ashes, and dust to dust. For, for any of the Christian listeners that we didn't completely alienate in our last episode. Um, Genesis chapter one, whatever. But, oh, I need to mention, um, because there's not really much I can review on coffees and Bailey's, but I will tell you this. This morning, I went to Ralph's to get my Bailey's, and mm-hmm. um, I was in line with literally a loaf of bread, sausage, Cholula, and Bailey's. <laughs> and <they're- laughs> the lady behind me looked at me, and she was like, also, it was like 10 in the morning, and she was like, Oh, Bailey's. That's so great. You know, I keep seeing all these recipes online for making very incredible Bailey's uh, desserts and Bailey's, um, I don't know, like fucking like uh, Christmas cocktails. And I was like, oh, really? She's like, yeah, they just all look so elegant and snazzy. And I looked at her and I'm like, well... I kind of just spike my coffee with Bailey's every morning. I don't really get too crazy about it. (laughs) And she looked at me and gave me, like, the most, like, paranoid look as if I was some, like, raging alcoholic. And, like, she was trying to talk about this, like, holiday festive Bailey's. And I'm like, nah, I just spike my coffee in the mornings, dude, you know? (laughs) And she literally looked at me, like, horrified. Like, oh, "Oh, my God, the spawn of Satan. Get help. That's when you pitch the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Always be closing. (sighs) Yeah. So for those of you that don't drink Bailey's, you should start by pouring it in your coffee and your day will be much better than without it. Speaking of uh, like winter alcohol beverages, are you an eggnog drinker? Do you like spiker eggnog? I'm not either. I don't. I just like, ugh. There's just something about the idea of drinking egg that I don't want anything to do with. It's so eggy. (laughs) It's It's like thick and like whipped egg. Oh. It's just like people pour vodka in it. I'm like, that sounds like a nightmare. Like vodka and egg together. (laughs) How terrible. It's not a good idea. Uh, In Russia, I know we do it, but I don't. Whatever. Okay. Uh,. She's back over here, bitches, drinking. Yes, I'm still doing the monster bike ride that I will likely not survive. But 
Uh, I'm doing, there's this really fun event happening in New Orleans called Art for Art's Sake, where all the galleries open and just give out free booze, because that's something that happens here. People just give out free booze, because we drink constantly. So I figured I'd pregame. And I got a new, I almost got the Cannonball wine again, because I went to the store and I saw it, and I was like, oh, it was so good. But I already reviewed it. So for our arts, I got a different bottle of wine. It's called <clears throat> Matua. And it's a Sauvignon Blanc from Marlborough, New Zealand, where we know they'd be making all these wines. Uh, and it is a, Ma- a Maori word. I hope I'm saying that right, guys. I know I suck. I'm white. Which means head of the family. So that's what Matsua means. And they claim on their label that they were the first to produce Sauvignon Blanc in New Zealand. So wow. this is like OG New Zealand Savi. Uh, and it's it's good. It was I think it was like fourteen ninety nine because you know that's always my range. I'm like right in the thirteen to seventeen dollar range. Uh, it's good. What's really fucking cool about it is that its label has this thing I've never seen before. It's got like a little icon of a snowflake, but you can only see the snowflake if the bottle is chilled. So, like, you know if it's chilled just by looking at it. You can, like, grab and go. That's kind of like the Coors uh, beer cans. Really? Wait, what? The mountains on the Coors beer cans turn blue when it's cold. No. Yeah. Since, no. Since when? Since always. No. (laughs) I need to see a Coors beer can right now. I'm, like, looking around my apartment looking for it. What? Yeah. How did I not know that? But I think it's only when it's, like, sitting in, like, an icy ice chest. Like, if they were just in your fridge, I don't know that it would be cold enough to make them blue. But, like, if you've got, like, an ice chest and you pull one out, you'll see the Blue Mountains. I, wow. That has changed my life. There's so much happening in labels. Like, this, that, (laughs) the Dark Horse one or whatever one that you had last time. (laughs) There's so much... Secret stuff happening on alcohol labels, guys. Okay. Um, it's it's good. It's good. It's not it's not great. I think it would be better if I was like eating cheese and fruit with it. Like I feel like it's a good pairing wine, but just like slamming it out of a plastic cup. Like I I trust me, I will drink this whole bottle in this episode. So it's like I'll give it like a I'd give it like a B, like a solid B. I mean you're already halfway through it. <laughs> I just, for those of you who can't see us, which is all of you, I just, like, looked at the bottle to confirm that was true, and it's, it's like a a third. I'm gonna say a third of it. (laughs) One third of it is gone. Okay. (sighs) All right, that's my, that's my wine review. Woo woo! Well, welcome back, Crunk CJ in the house. She here, she here. For two more weeks till she dies on a bike ride. Well, should I get us started? Yeah, cool. I think it's me first. It is. Okay, so I just want to preface by telling you that you are going to fucking love my woman today. <gasps> I just farted. Like, not really, but I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> like, you specifically are going to drop dead over this lady. Okay, 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 okay. So, so get it, get it amped. Take a sip. Take another sip before I go. I'm going to take one, too. I just took, like, two. Nice. Okay. All right. So, I don't think you're going to know who she is. I didn't know who she was. Oh, I forgot to mention, the woman that I'm doing today was a suggestion from one of our loyal listeners. Yay! 
Um, you want to shout that, them out? Yeah, it's the same person I shout out every fucking episode. Brad, Brad, you out there? Brad, you listening? Bradley. Brad um, threw this at me last Friday and told me that he had like learned about her recently and that she would be an awesome person for the cast. So I looked her up and was like, hell yeah, we're doing it. So thank you, Brad. I really appreciate it. Everybody else always send them when you think about them because literally I am so busy during the week that like I didn't even have time to look up a lady until yesterday. So like help a homie out. <laughs> I I just want you to know I knew who I was doing for like two weeks, but I did my research this morning. Thank you very much. Nice. <laughs> so I feel yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I was, like, kind of in a panic, like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm not going to have anybody. And then I was like, oh, shit, I forgot he threw her at me. And so it worked out perfectly. Thank you, Brad. I appreciate it. And I hope that I do this woman justice. Um, So here we go. So the woman that we'll be discussing today is Clara Shortridge Fultz, who is the largely forgotten first female lawyer on the West Coast who pioneered the idea of the public defender. (gasps) I'm so excited. So Clara was born Carrie Shortridge in Lafayette, Indiana. Um, During the Civil War, her family moved to Mount Pleasant, Iowa, where she attended a co-educational school, which was incredibly rare at the time. In December 1864... Which I, f- I forgot to mention. She was born in 1849. So this is like a serious throwback. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1864, at the age of 15, Clara eloped with a farmer who was a Civil War veteran 10 years her elder. And his name was Jeremiah D. Foltz. And they ended up having a total of five children together. Okay, but was he Confederacy or was he Union? That's what I want to know. I don't know. All right. right. Shot in the dark. So, uh, this little piece of shit, Jeremiah, had (laughs) a lot of difficulty supporting his family. Um, Due to his, like, inability to keep a job, they ended up moving several times. First, they moved to Portland, Oregon, and then finally they settled in San Jose, California in 1872, where Clara had her fifth child. They arrived to San Jose in the midst of a really severe economic depression, and Jeremiah, an already terrible provider, made it even worse by taking frequent trips back to Portland so that he could visit his other woman, who he ultimately ended up making his second wife. Mm -mm. So in 1879, that little fuckboy deserted Clara and all five of their children. (gasps) What a dick! So, Clara realized that she was alone... And she would obviously need to support herself and all of her children and that her former educations or I'm sorry, her former occupations of sewing and teaching would not suffice. So Clara reached back to her childhood dream of fame and political recognition. In 1877, she embarked on a public speaking career, taking women's suffrage as her subject, and she began studying law in the office of a local judge. Clara wanted to take the bar exam. However, 
she faced a California code provision that limited the practice of law to white males only. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And guess what? It's still on the books. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But practically. So Clara and a group of her sister suffragettes lobbied her woman lawyer's bill through the legislature, asking them to replace the term white males with, quote, just person. And it passed. (gasps) I love her. In September 1878, she passed the examination and was the first woman admitted to the California bar. The first! Yes! Which, this story reminds me a lot of, um... Who was my little Swedish lady? Uh, the, uh... I can't remember her name. Yeah. I'm thinking about her as you're talking. Because, remember, she wanted to open her own business and they only allowed it to be for men, and so she went and challenged the fucking government and got it passed. Yeah. God damn it. We need to... I'll think about it. Okay. Okay word so um where are we at where are we at uh okay we can cut all this out okay although clara had very little formal education she still wished to study at the first law school in california to improve her skills so clara applied to hastings college of the law but was denied because she was a woman So, Clara sued Hastings College of Law. (laughs) Yes! And she won admission. Yes! Oh my god, I love her! Right? So, Clara went on to practice law in San Francisco, San Diego, and New York, where she attempted to create a career as a corporate attorney. In an era where public speaking could be a lucrative career, Clara spoke for the Republicans during the campaigns of 1880, 1882, and 1884, but in 1886, she switched teams and became a Democrat, and in the winter of that year, lectured in Wisconsin, Illinois, and Iowa. She became a leader in the women's voting rights movement. Um, During her career that spanned 56 years, Clara almost single-handedly pushed a great deal of progressive legislation for women's rights in the voting and legal fields. At the Chicago World's Fair in 1893, during a Congress of the Board of Lady Managers, Clara made her first highly public presentation of her idea of the public defender. Her then-radical concept of providing assistance to indigenous criminal defendants is still used today throughout the United States. Why is she the biggest badass of all time? And the most important part is how come we don't know know her story? Yeah, what's her full... Say the full name again, Clara... Clara Shortridge Fultz. Clara Shortridge Fultz. Okay. So, in 1906, Clara lost her home and her office in the massive San Francisco earthquake. Mm -hmm. So, she moved to Los Angeles for the last third of her life and was appointed to the Los Angeles District Attorney's Office, becoming the first female deputy district attorney in the United States. She was was active in the suffrage movement off authoring the Women's Vote Amendment for California in 1911. In addition to all of that, Clara also founded and published the San Diego Daily Bee 
and the New American Woman magazine, for which she wrote a monthly column until her death. Clara was notable for many firsts. She was the first female clerk for the State Assembly's Judiciary Committee in 1880. She was the first woman appointed to the State Board of Corrections. She was the first female licensed notary public. She was the first woman named director of a major bank. And in 1930, she was the first woman to run for governor of California at the age of 81. What? Okay, first of all, sorry. Who is raising her five children while all of this is happening? I had all of these same questions, and I don't know because none of it is, like, online. Holy... I mean, like, even if you took the five children out, how did she do all of this? Like, what? I have no clue. But and that's funny. But this is, like, the 1800s where you just, like, your kids just survived or they didn't. You were right? Like, they go, just, like, go. roamed around and, like, figured it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is funny because the very next note that I have after naming all those firsts was, and may I remind you, Clara also raised five children as a single mother and encouraged women to not overlook their traditional domestic roles. Uh. So she was like a huge advocate of like being a career woman, but also being a mother. Like she didn't want women to think they had to choose she, mm-hmm. like, wanted to advocate that, like, you can do both, and, like, I'm going to show you that it can be done. Mm-hmm. So, um, Clara died at the age of 85 of heart failure at her home in Los Angeles on September 2nd, 1934. Due to the demands of its female students, Hastings College of Law granted Clara a posthumous, I don't think that's how you say it, mm-hmm. but... Oh, a posthumous. A posthumous degree of Doctor of Laws in 1991. So what does that mean? Like, all of the female students at Hastings were like, fuck you, Hastings, you need to give this woman a degree because she was so, like, such a notable figure. Yeah, but I thought she got in. But she never, like, actually got a degree, I guess? I don't, or me, I don't know. Degree of Doctor of Laws? Yeah, I guess. It's just, like, an honorary degree, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, so after her death, all of the women at Hastings, like, demanded that that be granted to her. Um, And then additionally, the primary social space inside UC Hastings McAllister Tower student housing complex was christened the Clara S. Foltz Lounge. And in 2002, the criminal courts building in downtown Los Angeles was renamed the Clara Shortridge Foltz Criminal Justice Center. And that's still a thing today. Wow. So I wanted to read off a quote that she once said that I think is just a fo- like a fucking awesome um, display of like who she was and how she felt about being a woman and being a woman in this type of an industry with all the struggles she dealt with. So this is what she said. I am a woman and I am a lawyer and what of it? I came into the practice of my profession under the laws of this state regularly and honestly, and I have come to stay. I am neither to be bullied out nor worn out. I ask no special privileges and expect no favors, but I think it only fair that those who have had better opportunities than I, who have had fewer obstacles to surmount and fewer difficulties to contend with, should meet me on even ground upon the merits of law and fact." Damn, mic drop, bitch! <laughs> I love her! She's all, what of it? What? 
Yeah. <sighs> and, you know, it's funny because, like, that's literally, like, still a thing today. It's, like, yeah. nobody wants, like, equality between men and women. They're, like, so threatened by women being on the same playing field as them, especially in the career world. And it's, like, women are, like, we aren't here asking for help. We aren't here asking for favors. We just want you to be on the same playing field as us mm-hmm. and acknowledge the fact that it took us a lot harder to get here than your fucking easy ass. And it's like, mm-hmm. they have no obstacles, we have all the obstacles, yet they're still bitching about us being on the same playing field. And it's like, we're on the same playing field because we climbed the goddamn mountains to get here, and you're still fucking pissed? Like, I didn't earn my right? Right. Like, like, like fucking work with me, dude. You didn't have to do shit. I had to do it all. And, like, you didn't have to do shit because all of the fucking woman and women in your life were doing it for you. Like, even more insulting. Because, like, mama babied you, and you got a wife that could take care of your kids, so you could just go to work all fucking day and never have to take care of your family. And it's like, mm-mm. Girl, no. Right? So, for almost five decades, whatever Clara did and wherever she went, she was the first woman to basically have done it in that industry. And as lonely as it was to be the first, she gloried in its towering advantage. There is no standard for comparison and thus little room for failure, for Clara being first with success itself. And one additional fun fact about her, she was a descendant of American frontier hero Daniel Boone. Wait a minute. Did she have a raccoon hat? (laughs) That's what I want to know. Of course she did, which is why she is your new best friend. Like, talk about full fucking circle. Right? (laughs) When I read that, I literally dropped to the floor. (laughs) That is my woman! Isn't it your woman? That's my girl. So... Um, if you're, like, actually really, like, if you're, like, fascinated by her and want to know more, there was a, uh, like, a professor-in-law, I don't remember her name because I didn't write it down, but it popped up, like, just Googling her name, the Clara Shortridge's name. A woman wrote a book about her life and all of her, like, legal struggles, and um, it's it's literally, like, the one piece of written content that, like, has the whole story. Like, this woman, like, studied her for her thesis, wrote this book about her, so I'm kind of just giving the short version of of her life, but there are way more details about her, um, way more information about the women's suffragette movement that she fought for, all the other, like, female suffragettes that were on her team, and many of those are famous women as well, so she had, like, a gang of chicks with her that were, like, fighting for the cause, and Mm. so I think there's way more detail about that in the book that this woman wrote. Um, this was just, you know, my little short bio on her. So if you are interested, Google Clara Shortridge Foltz, um, book and you'll, you'll see it online. I will 100% read that. Uh, I love her. I'm so glad. Thank you, you. And thank you, Bradley. Right. Uh, that is, she's so bad. How did he hear about her? I asked him the same question, and I feel bad because I might I might have forgotten because we talked about this a week ago, and I was in my car driving, so I was like distracted. But um, I think he said that he was taking a class for something, and that she was being mentioned. She was mentioned in like whatever class he's taking, and that he found her so <laughs> interesting. He started doing more 
research on her and just thought she was the shit. I love her. Fuck yes. So cool. Get hype, Clara. Get fucking hype. So what do you think her zodiac is? Okay, is she a fire sign? No. What? No fire sign. So I was surprised. Like, I think for her specifically, instead of just dialing in on her career only, think of her as the full package. Like, her story, her personal life, this and that, and then it will kind of maybe put her more into perspective. Uh, there are so many things that come to mind. I want to say, oh, by the way, your your little woman, her name was Amalia Erickson. I just oh, thank you. Amalia Erickson. <laughs> little woman. <laughs> little woman. <laughs> Why is she a little woman? I don't know. Because I just think of her as being like a little elf making candy canes. <laughs> she is. She totally is. Um, God. I, is she, is she a Scorpio? No. Close. Because she's a fighter. Close, like close in, in date. Close in element. Close, is she a, a, a fucking a Pisces? No. She's Cancer? She's a Cancer. What? Never in a hundred years would I have guessed that. Well, now that I know it, like, I, you know, the Cancers are considered, like, the nurturer and the mother of the Zodiac. So uh-huh. being that, like, she mothered her children throughout this entire career and, like, never mm-hmm. abandoned them. And, like, the whole purpose of her getting into this career and industry was to be able to support her family. Mm-hmm. I guess that aspect of it is Cancer-like. Well, and Cancers are a cardinal sign. And cardinal signs are the ones who, like, pave the way. Like they 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 they're like the people who do it first, so that makes sense because she did a million firsts. Yeah. So wow, I wouldn't. Yeah, that definitely. The whole time you were talking, I was like, she's got to be a fire. She's got to be a fire sign. She was born July sixteenth, eighteen forty nine. That's wild. I fucking love her. Right. That is so exciting. I Yay. knew you were gonna love her. I go, Clara. And like why yeah, like why like why haven't I heard of her? You know? Like how is that even possible? That I is don't know. nuts. That is fucking nuts. Yeah. Uh, Clara Shortridge Foltz. How do you spell her last name? The, the uh, F O L T Z. Oh, okay. Yeah, I will for sure be be reading up on that hoe. Well thank <laughs> you. I'm so happy. So cool. Um, also, also, I feel like you have two themes that are running through your women. What are they? One, one is stupid ass fuck boys, like <laughs> her, um, Frida, and I feel like there was another, but I can't think of who it is. But you have a couple women. Oh, Adam Lilith. was a fuck boy. He was such a fuck boy, and like so was God in that story. Let's be honest. <laughs> God was a major fuckboy in the Lilith story. And so, like, we already are lost our religious folks, so it doesn't matter. But also, Yoko. Yoko and John. For 100%. Yeah, you yeah, have, you're right. Like, I, have strong a, f- I have a ton of fuckboys in my women's stories. Yeah. And the other thing, well, I, I was thinking about this when you mentioned Amalia, too. Like, women who just, like, had to make it work. Who were like, well, like, I guess I'm just out here on my own. So, well, it's like sink or swim. Together. Right. 
Right. Yeah. I love her. Uh, thank you. Okay. You're welcome. All right. Before I go into mine, let me down more of this alcohol. Woo. Okay. <laughs> so I kind of like, I don't want to do mine just because I kind of want to sit and drink, but I guess I have to talk now. Yeah, you do. So my woman is, she is from the the book that we always mentioned by Anne Shen, but that's not the reason I chose her. But when I was, when I heard about her and I was like, oh my God, I need to cover this woman. I was like, wait a minute, she sounds really familiar. And it turns out she's in that book. So again, another like, what up to Anne Shen? One day, she, girl, I swear to God, when this podcast has more than 12 listeners, she's going to be like the first <laughs> fucking person we bring on the show. Hell yeah. Um, so the woman that I will be talking about today went by the name of Ada Lovelace, and she was a British woman who was born in the 1800s, who is widely regarded as the first computer programmer in history. So the I remember first her in the book. Person, yep. So the first person to ever write a computer program, man or woman. Ada Lovelace was born as Augusta Ada Byron in England in 1815. She was born into British nobility. She was the daughter of Annabella Milbank, Milbanky, not sure, and Lord Byron. And I watched a documentary, because you know me, I'm always watching documentaries on our bitches. I just, guys, I just get high and watch YouTube documentaries all the time. That's just <laughs> pretty much all I do with my life when I have downtime. And this, this particular documentary, I didn't note it down, but it's by another, like, kind of famous female mathematician. And I'll have to mention her in next episode because I don't remember her name. But she's also really badass. And in this documentary, they basically were like, Lord Byron was like a slut-ass Nutty Butters. Like, apparently he was out there, like, sleeping with men, sleeping with women. But he was regarded as, like, this crazy genius. Like, he was kind of the Elon Musk of his time. Like, he was really Mm -hmm. smart, but just completely fucking nuts. So when Ada was less than a year old, her mom left that fool. I think they were technically still married because there's like nobility and shit I don't think you're allowed to get divorced but she's like oh fuck this dude like you are not gonna be around my baby and so Ada he died when she was eight and he was like never a part of her life because apparently he was out there being a I don't even know fuck boy justice a ho diggity I like it yeah we have like a spectrum we have like fuck boy baby back bitch and now we have ho diggity Which one are you? Okay. (laughs) So her mother, Ada's mother, Annabella, was a woman from obviously a wealthy family. She was a noble. And she was deeply interested in mathematics, which is like in the 1800s, 1700s, like a female being in math, like that's still something that people frown on and shit on. And like, we're like, oh, what? Women can do math? I can't. So I play into the stereotype. But apparently... Yeah, bye. Like, we have a podcast. What do you think we're doing out here? Solving equations? No. Um, Lord Byron, the ho-diggity, he actually used to call her mom, so Annabella, the princess of parallelograms, which, like, A, I don't even know what that is, and B, like, think about all of the, like, baby cakes names you could have for someone. (laughs) Oh, my little princess of parallelograms. (laughs) I think I know what a parallelogram is. I think it's, like, it's, like, a bit that right it's like a geometry thing right it's like a drunk square right (laughs) (laughs) or like a drunk rectangle it's just like leaning 
Oh my god, that's hilarious. We see we went to school, guys. Um so her mother was super into math and encouraged Ada was Ada showed like an aptitude for math and mechanics at a young age, and because her mom was super about it, she encouraged it. And because they came from really high class, Ada had access to private tutors. She was in the circles of some of the most high intellectuals in England, including a woman named Mary Somerville, who I should also cover one day, who was a scientist and a writer. And Somerville introduced Ada to very famous British inventor by the name of Charles Babbage, which like I love because it rhymes with cabbage, uh, when Ada was 17. And this is from a New York Times article. This is a quote, at a salon he hosted after her society debut. So like real quick, salons like LOL what? Like that was just like a party you had, but it was like cool. Like, instead of it just like, oh, you show up and get fucked up. It's like you showed up and you, like, looked at my art. You showed up. We talked about intellectual ideas. And I want I want salons to happen. Let's right? Have, let's have a salon. I think, like, we just don't qualify. I think, like, salons no. are happening with, like, lawyers and, like, doctors and shit. And they're like, <laughs> we're not going to invite those girls. <laughs> we would be great. Also, society debut. Can we talk about that? Yeah. Like what? I was like, what is that even? I just you know to what bring that's that up like. Too. That's probably like like a debutante ball. It's like a well, I was thinking of like Quesaneras too, right? Yeah, yeah it's yeah, like yeah. a similar thing. But I'm like, yeah. I, like why? Why didn't I get a fucking society debut? Like I don't. I want a society we debut. We aren't bougie enough. I'm gonna have my debut. What if? Like, <laughs> how fun would that be if you had like a society debut party in like your thirties? <laughs> Or like a cougar debut or something. You're like, Hi, That's I'm like right. when my sister forced us to all go watch her get baptized at her birthday party. How old was she when that happened? Thirty six. You and my your sister and I need to talk about a few things. <laughs> Why did she Okay. Wait, sorry, we can cut this out. Why did she get baptized at thirty six? I don't understand. She like got baptized again. It was like a personal choice. Oh, because she was like honing it up too much and she needed to like reset her soul. <laughs> I feel you, girl. I feel you. It was like it was like her social her social party. Her debutante, her baptism. Woo! What a what a rager. Okay. So so she meets up with uh, at the age of seventeen she meets Charles Babbage. And in at this salon for her society debut, he shows her a two foot high brass mechanical calculator, which like I saw a picture of it. It's just like a giant machine of brass, as you might have guessed by brass calculator. But it's so like so clunky. It's not like a calculator the way we think of it, right? But because she was a nerd, she was like, Yes, bitch, this is everything I ever wanted. And they become intellectual friends and they exchange correspondences for the rest of their lives about math and science and all kinds of fun stuff like that uh in 1835 at the age of 19 ada marries william king who becomes an earl which makes him the count of lovelace and her the countess of lovelace so henceforth she's the countess of lovelace by 1839 she has two sons and one daughter which like again these people are like cranking out babies in the 1800s like it's nobody's business no birth control absolutely none i just like which like makes me think of all the times like i fucked up on birth control i'm like i should have been pregnant like 18 times by now like (laughs) like, like, it took her it took her like three years to have three kids that's nuts okay 
Um, but the year that she the year that she married, so 1835, she wrote to Mary Somerville, that woman who introduced her to Babbage. And this is a quote from a letter she wrote to her. I now read mathematics every day and am occupied in trigonometry and in preliminaries to cubit cubic and biquadratic equations. So you see that matrimony has by no means lessened my taste for these pursuits, nor my determination to carry them on. I don't even know half of what she's saying because of those words, but basically she was like, I don't care that I got married and had babies. I'm out here doing equations. So like, get your life, like get your life, Ada, get your life. In 1840, so after she's done popping out all those babies, Lovelace, Ada Lovelace asks a math professor in London to tutor her and via letters he teaches her university level math so they never like meet face to face they just send letters back and forth and he teaches her math um and that's what she does in her downtime as we all do uh in 1840 oh wait sorry uh, through after after they um were exchanging letters for a while that man wrote to ada's mother and he said that if a young male student had shown her level of skill then quote they would have certainly made him an original mathematical investigator perhaps a first-rate eminence so when you were talking about clara like there was some part of me was like oh i can see like a little bit of overlap with ada because they were alive around the same time and ada mm-hmm. would have been like a freaking math power house but she was a woman and she was a lady and she just had kids and so people didn't like give her that chance but she still made sure to get herself educated nonetheless in 1843 when she's 27 she she does she makes her biggest contribution to the field of computers and mathematics so this is the 1840s like hopefully i don't have to say this to anybody but computers don't exist yet boo like this is not a thing that's happening So Babbage, that dude that she made friends with, he made like a theoretical machine. So he never actually made it, but he like drew up plans for it and detailed it and what kind of like what it would be. And it was called the Babbage Analytical Engine, excuse me, the Babbage Analytical Engine. And so it was basically like the idea of the first OG computer. And so she translates an academic paper that was originally written in French about this machine but in that translation she adds a note section that's completely hers it's literally three times the length of the actual paper itself and in the note section she details how the computer would work mused on its potential and essentially writes the first computer program like how the how it would run and so a lot of like some people argue like whatever some people suck we don't need to get into them but for the most part people view her as the person who ever wrote the first computer program even though the machine itself never came into being like the theoretics were right like her Mm. theory was right she wrote a real fucking program she basically wrote like a programming language in the 1840s so how do you do that without a machine even existing i girl i'm too dumb to answer that question (laughs) i just do not know um at like 27 like i was that was the other thing too i was like you don't i was like drunk in a gutter at 27 like i don't what like what were you god bless her and and the thing and this is kind of i'm gonna get into how i found out about her now because on top of that which is like i think that's kind of like how she's known that's her big if you google ada lovelace it would be like first computer programmer but the other thing that she did that is like a big deal is she started talking about the philosophy of computers and like what they're capable of and how much they'd be able to mimic 
human intelligence all the way back before AI was a thing, before virtual reality was a thing. She was talking about the implications of what it would be to like create these machines that could quote unquote think for themselves kind of. And this, this is how I heard about her. So like a little bit of a side story. So you know how like there's those little um, libraries on the street, like those little book houses that people can like yeah. put books in and take out. Yeah. Okay. So there's one that's really close to the cafe I go to work from and I was walking and because, so this came from a conversation with my best friend Aquarius Jimmy or Jamiroquois, which this is the most air sign conversation you can ever think of. Him and I one day talked for like an hour and a half about artificial intelligence. Like this is what I talked to my best friend about on the phone (laughs) talking about like computers and machines and elon musk and like what would it mean and like what is it what's happening and what does it mean to be human and i'm passing this little library and i just see this book i don't even i'm not even looking at it i just walk by and i see this book that says the most human human and i was like that's a weird thing and it immediately made me think of ai i had no idea what it was about i open it turns out it's this freaking book about artificial intelligence it's written by this guy brian christian it's a little bit old now it's like it was published in 2009 but there's this thing called the lobner prize that where um every year i don't know if it's still going on or not but every year these tech companies make these chat bots essentially and there's this test that they do where they um like like judges sit and talk to people through instant messenger and some of the people are humans and some of the people are computers and the judges have to say like which is which and if enough people like think a computer is a human then you get your company gets like a prize and a fuck ton of money um weird right so that was what that's what the book was about like this particular author was going to compete as a human so like they give out the most human computer prize and then they give out the most human human prize which is like the person isn't that weird so like the person who most of the judges thought was a human of the humans gets the prize which is like terrifying and have you real quick just for me to throw this in have you ever seen westworld no should i I don't know, but it reminds me a little bit of Westworld because okay. I don't know if you know what that's about. They go like people go into like a like a like a virtual reality, right? Yeah, that's all I know. But you, like you don't know who is the human and who, <gasps> who is like a clone. Oh shit! Okay, so I might check it out. Wh- the only reason I haven't seen it is because like I'm weird about violence, and I heard it gets really violent. Is that true? It's more violent season two okay good to know all right um okay so in that book he mentions ada lovelace and he mentions something called the lady lovelace's objection and that's when i was like oh my god i need to cover her and then i was like wait i know that name so like stick with me guys this is really cool alan turing who was this computer engineer in the 1940s he was the first person, I don't know if he was the first person, but he's the most famous person to start talking about artificial intelligence and what computers could actually do. And the movie, The Imitation Game, with <gasps> Benedict Cumberbatch, with Bumblebee Cumbersnatch, or whatever his name is. <laughs> <laughs> he, I love him, don't get me wrong. That's I haven't such a seen good movie. it. I haven't seen oh it. Oh my I need to god, watch it. you have to see it like right now. Okay, I just finished that book, and I was like, I'm gonna fucking watch that movie. Okay, I'll watch it when I'm hungover tomorrow. But... He, so, so Alan Turing, that's who Benedict Cumberbatch plays in that movie, he becomes, like, obsessed with this idea, 
And in um, and he pulls like basically he pulls all of this off of Lady Lovelace because she was quoted in that paper she translated. She was quoted as saying, "The analytical engine has no pretensions whatever to originate anything. It can do whatever we know how to order it to perform." So basically, she's saying computers can never be capable of creativity, and they can never be create uh, capable of original insight or original intelligence. They can only do what we tell them to do. So that's all they can do. They can't, like, do things on their own. And he set out, basically, he was the person who started calling that Lady Lovelace's objection, and it was sort of, like, the launching point for his work. So Mm -hmm. in this weird way, she kind of becomes responsible in this very indirect way for, like, artificial intelligence as we know it today. And so he sets out to disprove it. For those of you who haven't seen the movie or don't know about Alan Turing, he basically develops this thing called the Turing test. And that's essentially what I was just talking about with that Loebner competition. It's the idea that like, if enough people subjectively said that this person they're talking to through a machine is a, is a person and that person is actually a computer, then that means that machines can be as smart as us. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's fucking nuts. So he, like a lot of people, like so many movies have, have like Westworld. You were just saying, um, the fuck was that movie? Ex Machina, I think is what it was called with, uh, Jeremy. Fuck. What was his name? Super hot guy. I can't think of it, you guys. But, like, so many, like, science fiction shows, science fiction movies have, like, come from this Alan Turing test. But essentially, like, he basically was inspired by Ada Lovelace. So not only did she write, like, the first computer program, but in an indirect way, like, she's kind of, like, the beginning of digital philosophy, if you want to call it that. Whoa. Um, So here's, like, a weird... This is just me, like, being a woo-woo person, so that book that I just told you that I that I read that where she was mentioned, that was published in 2009. As I told you, I just fucking literally found it on the street. I was Googling the Turing test this morning, and four days ago, someone on Quartz, the news site, posted an interview with the author of that book. That was published 10 years ago. Like four days ago, somebody published an interview with him about the Turing test. And I don't know, maybe I'm just trying to find symbolism where there isn't any, but I was like, I was meant to cover her. Everything is connected. <laughs> what are the chances that any That's of this crazy. Would Isn't that cool? So the yeah. name of the book is The Most Human Human. The author is Brian Christian. Super interesting. It gets a little pedantic at moments because he's like a philosopher. So sometimes, like there are a couple pages, I was like, okay, whatever, bro. Like I'm skipping this. But super interesting. Um, doesn't talk a lot about Ada Lovelace, but it's just a cool book in general. So to this day, no machine has ever passed the Turing test. There are some people who like claim theirs has, but like essentially no one has. And thank God, because I'm not ready for the Matrix yet. Um, but yeah, so that's sort of her legacy. It was two things. She was like this great mathematician, first computer programmer, and also basically was like the god of digital philosophy, which I'm pretty sure is a term I just made up. Um, so she, uh, to, to wrap up her story, she died in November 1852 at the age of 36 of uh, uterine cancer. Yeah. That's horrible. So young. So young. Uh, In the 1980s, the U.S. Department of Defense developed a new programming language that they named Ada, and they named it specifically after Ada Lovelace as a recognition of her legacy and her contributions to, to computer science. 
And that's and that's Ada Lovelace, the first computer programmer. Insane. Isn't that that's cool? Such a, that's such a cool story. Yeah. And just like I really loved like I like I said, when you Google her, you like what comes up is her as a programmer, but I love the idea that like she basically was like the grandmother to Alan Turing, like the intellectual grandmother to his work. And uh, so many people know about the Turing test, but they've never heard of Ada Lovelace. Yeah. But like it wouldn't have existed without her. So that's so crazy that we both picked women from the 1800s that nobody knows about. But that are, like, OG as fuck. Yeah, like, and that, like, if it wasn't for them, like, like they kick-started a realm that didn't exist. Yep. Yep. That's yeah, so and there's so much, like, that's just an overview of her life. I God, I wish I could, um, I'll have to bring it up next episode, some of the documentaries I saw about her. But there's a lot of cool shit she did. That's just kind of, like, the big takeaways, so... It's funny that you covered her because last week when I was looking in the book, I put her on my list of women I wanted to do. Ah, I'm glad I got to her first. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I realized she was in the book, I was like, oh, fuck, I have to cover her like right away before Melissa does. <laughs> well, I just even just reading the little bio in the book and the picture of her and just seeing that like she was the first computer programmer like that's fucking nuts. That's yeah. a huge, huge. I mean, like the, the, when we went from a world of like no computers to computers and she was part of that like progression of technological evolution that's fucking massive it just also made me think too thinking about her thinking about cabbage babbage i was like fuck like i wish (laughs) like i wish i could be cumbersnatch (laughs) cabbage babbage bumblebee cumbersnatch i just wish and like, God, I wish I could just like call them from the beyond realm and be like, you guys, like, you don't even understand what computers can do today. <laughs> like, you guys were like, they were fucking stoked about like two foot tall brass calculators. And it's just like, in such a short amount of time, when you really think about it, like 150 years and the scheme of human life is not that long. Like, yeah. how crazy it's advanced. I'm like, oh, I kind of like, I wish you guys could be alive to see this. I know. Because you guys right? laid it down. Yeah. <sighs> That's insane. I know. That's really awesome. Oh my god, I'm so stoked on our women today. I feel like I, we kind of covered like a theme without intentionally covering a theme. What should, what would we call the theme? What would we call this? Pi- oh, you would be a good term, fucking pioneers, because it was also like the time of the pioneers. Yeah, pussy, pussy pioneers, fucking <laughs> pussy pioneers, pussy pussy popping pioneers, pussy popping. <laughs> um. So I will say before you guess. I I feel like based on what I've told you, it'll be hard to guess what she is. But go for it. I have no clue, but I'm just gonna throw this out there: Is she a Pisces? No. Tell me why, though. Honestly, nothing other than the fact that I feel like you would have to be living in like a space realm to even be like mm. fucking with computer programming in the 1800s. I was I was curious to know if you were gonna guess Virgo, just because she was so fucking academic, just like you. Um. <laughs> listen fucker my anti-academic is my sagittarius moon all right oh god um do you want to do another guess or should i just tell you yeah i'll do another guess um i mean honestly i, I couldn't even explain this one but is she an aries no, but you're getting close. Same element. 
Baya. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leo? Sagittarius. Sagittarius. December 10th. Yep. Interesting. I know. I don't even know. I know. I mean, like, who knows? Like, there, you get, like, these certain aspects of people's lives, and sometimes that comes through, and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. So. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Crazy! Mm-hmm. So that's... I'm that's stoked. I know. I love, I love both of our women. I love both of our women. I think it's because, like, they were just... Both of them were fucking smart. They would not be stopped. They were the first of firsts. And they're forgotten. And, like, ironically, something else they have in common, like, that quote I shared, they both were like, yeah, I have kids or whatever, but, like, pfft, like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I got, sh- I got shit to do today. <laughs> right? So that's cool. I love that's our ladies. That's super cool. I love good our job, ladies, us. too. I know Yay, episode, episode 13. It's a good episode. It was a good one. Um, what should we wrap up on? Your Nepal postcard. Okay. So, I guess this is the Lady of the Week, or Woman of the Week, who I've mentioned before, but it's more I just wanted to share the postcard I got. So, my friend Tatiana is, like, a world traveler. She's literally been out of the country for the last three months. Ireland, Thailand, Nepal, India. I don't even know where this girl is. Probably Jupiter, for all I know. But I I had no idea she was going to send me a postcard all the way from Nepal, and I wish you guys could see it. I'll probably post it on Instagram. It's just a picture of two Nepalese women. I hope Nepalese is the right way to say it. Sitting under a tree talking. It's like a a painting or a, a drawing or something. And it just says, Nepalese woman discussing sitting under tree in really poorly spelled English and the message that she wrote on the card which she sent from the Himalayas uh, she said what do you think these women are talking about this could be women anywhere in the world and that's what I love about it it's awesome the way you celebrate the accomplishments of other women I agree we need to unite rather than playing into the patriarchy with cattiness just like how the Kardashians are objects of the patriarchy that must be what the women on this postcard are discussing love Tatiana <laughs> so I love it's that just- I love it too, and I just love like I love that she loved that she loved. I love what she loved, and I love that she loved it. That like uh, just a, how profound a picture of two women talking is, right? Because like that is just an image that like every woman on planet Earth can relate to. You know, like well, you could it's get- like you know we're talking about some crazy shit. <laughs> Like, you know some real ass... Like, this isn't like, how's the weather? How's your kid? Like, some real ass shit is going down in that conversation. <laughs> like, you know it. Like, two women talking one-on-one. Real under a tree? Such real ass shit. Like, that so. has to be some serious shit to be under the tree and talking. You know? So, yeah, that's, that's so my, cool. I guess, my shout-out. Woman of the week. Card of the... Postcard of the week. That was cute. Woo! yeah so guys leave us a review and subscribe um i guess that's all we have to say tell everyone you know like honestly though more than both of those things like please do those too but just like tell people about our show if you like it tell like tell one person this week if you fucking love our show or like at least like it enough that you listen to it be like hey bitch or girl or man you should listen (laughs) oh diggity you should listen to this show yeah, because, like, yeah. you know, we are women that should also be celebrated. <laughs> <laughs> and we're 
13 episodes in, like, the actual point of our podcast, we're like, what about us? <laughs> us! So, help your friendly hosts out and, like, tell people about the show. Right. Because, like, you guys, this alcohol is not paying for itself. <laughs> And Melissa's fine. She's like she's off label all day. I'm over here with like fifteen dollar bottles. Yeah, okay. I don't. Um, excuse me. Did you sign up for the fucking free that discounted Hot. wine? No, I haven't done that yet. Well, okay. Pause right now. I really I want to include this on the cast. Give me two Good. seconds to run into my kitchen. Right. I want to show you what I got. <laughs> you guys, for those of you who are listening. Melissa not only is wearing a bra, she's also wearing, like, booty shorts or yoga panties. And the great part about this is she's away from her headphones and doesn't know I'm saying it. (laughs) Holy shit! That's so much wine! Okay, so, on that wine discount, which I'm not going to even talk about the wine club because they don't deserve a free promotion from us... (laughs) Um, but there's a wine club, there's a wine club that I got a discount on through my work and I shared it with CJ and she has yet to sign up for it, but I want you to see that for $30, I got all of these expensive ass wines. They're so cute. (gasps) This one's called Funk Zone and it has like the cutest, like, I don't even know what's going on, but the label's adorable. It's so cute. So I got that one. I got this one, which is called Cape Root, which is like a Chenin Blanc. I've never had a Chenin Blanc, so I'm Ooh, kind of excited to try Blanc. it. I love Chenin Blanc. I got this one called Rosa Obscura, which is Ooh. a red blend from California. And I got this one called Kin and Country, which is a cab from Vista del Sol. I don't know where that is. Isn't that California. Justin Timberlake's new album or some shit? Kin and Country? Some bullshit. Probably I'm from some the bullshit. country. Nobody cares. But like each of these bottles was like 35 bucks on their own. Shut and the front! Yeah, and when you sign up using that discount, you get your first but one, all four for like 30 bucks. I assumed they were maybe like, I mean, like that's great anyway, but I assume maybe they were like 15, 20, a bottle, 35. Well, uh, it, it, it varied. Like, um, so what well, but still, like if even one of them was, and you got the whole freaking thing for 35. Yeah. So it's like one of those memberships where you, like you fill out a quiz about your flavor profile and then they like whip them together and you could look at what you're getting before and like, say you didn't want, that like chardonnay Chardonnay. you could Mm. switch it out and then look on the website of other things you can replace it with and so on the website it shows you the original price and then like what you're getting it for so some of them are expensive as fuck there's like 50 dollar bottles like they're as cheap as like 20 dollar bottles but like you know my ass usually buys like four dollar bottles of wine so this (laughs) is like a real come up for me so i'm super stoked so i got when are you gonna start reviewing them Next week. Okay. I told you I couldn't go hard on the wine at 1 p.m. today. Right. So next week we'll probably pick up normal time and I'll be able to get crunk in the club. Um, So look and see if you can still use that discount because then you, it's kind of just like the, um, you know how you would get me those uh, food things, the the delivery? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that. So like you can skip the next month or like. 
It's something, it's just like how those work, but it's for Cool. Okay, I'll check it out. We're not naming what it is, though, because we're not getting paid for it. No, exactly. That's why I'm not saying it out loud. And we don't even have to include any of this on the podcast. I just wanted to show you. Well, thanks, guys, for tuning in for our 13th episode. Um, Hit us up or don't. We're going to keep recording, as we said before, until the end of time, until our (laughs) eyeballs are hanging from their sockets and we are in tattered rags. So you might as well just (laughs) fucking subscribe now. (laughs) Well put. well put it's good it's good to be drinking it again guys i gotta tell you good job good job all right well until next time all right over and out bye ho diggities bye